Hello, everyone. I would like to introduce you to another episode of the HBCU Creative. I am said the vegan, a.k.a. Cedric Shamar. To the left of me, I have the one and only... Jai James, the illustrator. Today, we have a very, very special guest, Andrew Baker. Thank you for having me. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Good times. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So, look, this is one one of the things that that I, when I was explaining to people like what we're about to do is what the title and what the role exactly okay. is. And I was butchering it. I was, I was getting it wrong. I, I was telling people that you are about to be the commissioner mm-hmm. of all HBCUs. Okay. Like literally <laughs> of all the HBCUs. I'm like, yo, this, he about to be the commissioner. Amazing. And they were like, they were like, Oh, and I was like, yo, like they got an NFL. We about to have one of all the games. And so that's what it was. So and, and that's not what so so like if you want to like explain that, because I, I was yes, I was off. Okay. Well, in a way, you kind of was right, but I'm I'm gonna lead into that. Um no, let me start with that. So with the commissioner side, there actually is work going on behind the scenes for that to actually take place. Mm-hmm. Um and it all starts with me and the team that supported me. Um, bringing all the schools together for one common goal, and that's sustainability. It's 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 um, unfortunate that these schools have to depend on, let's say, state dollars, right? So by having our own, I would say, financial system in place to keep these schools sustainable, not have to worry about these schools shutting down, um, is one of the, I would say, pillars on um, bringing that kind of lead together for the schools. It's going to take a while, but it's actually, the right people are in place for that. Interesting because we are in, we left CIAA. Okay. Familiar with CIAA conference? So we left yeah. CIAA, right? So when we were in CIAA, our games used to be flooded. I'm talking, I'm mean, packed. Okay. It didn't matter. We had a game on Tuesday, mm-hmm. like it was flooded. Okay. We left CIAA and went to MIAC. Okay. Uh, and the games, they just, the attendance declined. Okay. So when we were in CIAA, we had Virginia State, Virginia Union, so people would travel and come to all of our games. Okay. So we have a beautiful football stadium now, holds 30,000 people. Okay. Our games are empty. Mm-hmm. We left CIAA and we went to the MEAC. And when we left the CIAA to go to MEAC, our attendance is just dropped, which means when we go from conference to conference, we play different schools. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a solution for HBCUs? Because the money is such a big deal, right? That's how we think athletics, we make a large percentage of our money. But when we go to these conferences, we we leave the black conferences to go play the white schools. Mm-hmm. We get the money, but I feel like we lose the black fans. Right. So as, as, as in this position that you're about to partake in, embark upon, what do you think is a solution for, for that? Like to stop making us chase the money, but still value the school spirit. Loaded question, and loaded, that's good. Much that's actually a good very question. Very loaded question. <laughs> very intentional. I, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy yeah, you asked yeah. it. Yes. And what I would say is that looking at the logistics you just named just now and what you ended off with, with was why you know the school's leaving their own community, per se, mm-hmm. to go to a white community just to collect the check. That means that it falls in responsibility of the organization structure of the school. What are they doing with the funds of the school for the school having to leave to go somewhere just to collect that check? Right, so somebody has to take the financial responsibility, of making sure that that doesn't have to happen. Yes. Right. Then you want to look at the, like you said, CIAA. You had a lot of support. Right. That means that everyone loved being amongst their own. They saw the community. 
They saw the camaraderie. Um, they saw the the energy that's going on um, with within that community. And then when they go to somewhere else, they lose that same energy. So I think because that energy was lost by them going somewhere else is why the lack of um, support came in. Because it's kind of like, hey, this is our own. Why are you stepping outside of our own community just to go chase that? Yes, economically, we know that nationwide, our melanin brothers and sisters, uh, when it comes to the dollar rotation, the community is less than 1%, yes. right? Wow. So it all will then go down to the foundation. What are we doing financially to educate our own? It's going to start with that. Okay, okay. So big game, Morehouse, mm -hmm. played... Howard. Howard. Yeah. Very big game. Very, uh, a rival school of mine. I went to Norfolk State. Okay. So a big, big game. What was that experience like? Man, that was... You ever been in a, in a pressure situation where you can't even, like, breathe, but at the same time it's, it's bittersweet because you're seeing something manifest right before your eyes? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a bittersweet moment of going through the background of doing the operations behind the scenes with all of that, um, seeing how the community came out to support. Uh, one of the biggest things is that New York New Yorkers enjoyed it. I mean, those from different walks of life, black, white, brown, Jews, Indian, uh, Spanish, they all enjoyed it. Uh, one of the fondest memories I have was I saw this Spanish girl tell her mom, I'd never seen anything like this. I want to wow. check out. Yeah, she never, like, I wish I had recorded on it, but I couldn't record it. But recorder saying that she turned to her mom and said that, um, and she said, now I want to check out what these two schools are about. I've never heard about them. Yeah. And that was because we had the pep rally in Times Square, which was major. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That was... I didn't yeah, know yeah. We did a pep rally in Times Square um, between both bands, but it was like a storybook because Howard Band was on time. Morehouse Band was running late, right, because their buses were two hours behind. And MJ the Musical... And one of the, who had sponsored it, I turned to the, the leader of it and I said to her, it'll be dope if Morehouse bands come in, they don't even wait for Howard to finish up and they start battling right there. And that's exactly what happened. They came late from over 47th Street, Howard's still playing, the crowd is liking them. They didn't see Morehouse's band come in. Morehouse band comes in, they line up straight this way. And then um, the leader, Jay Moore, said to me, hey Drew, what we do is that we turn this way toward to face them. I said, Jay, do what you, what you need to do. He turned the band forward, and they just started going at it. So now the crowd is feeling it, loving the energy. Traffic is stopping. Cops are like, you know, trying to get the little jig on, right? But <laughs> it was a beautiful energy, um, energy type scene that happened in Times Square. You know what? I'm going to just kind of piggyback off that. So, like, I was, um, like, a few years ago, like, I'm an artist. So I had done an illustration. It just had to do with, you know, the HBCU experience. And I sent it to my friend because he was doing it for like a project. So he sold, he's like a musician. So he sold his engineer. And the engineer was looking at him, was like, wow, this really goes on at like an HBCU. He said, I've never seen anything like mm -hmm. this. And this is just from a drawing mm -hmm. of like just a certain scenario that I had done. And then also, it's funny you say that, like I was looking at like another video. And it actually had to do with like a band and stuff. And I was reading the comments mm -hmm. of people on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And these were like white people. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. But they were just like, wow, this is amazing. So that's just, you know, off of what you said. Like, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a phenomenon. Yeah. The energy was there. We were at um, Duffy Square. So Times Square and the Red Steps going up. And like I said, the support 
you asked about the supporters yeah. from Morehouse and Howard that came out. They came with their shirts. They came with their their banners, and you saw it all up looking up the stairs. Um, and you see people who never experienced that just taking pictures like, is yeah. this for real? Is this going on for real? Like, yeah. We never seen anything like that before. <laughs> um, and then there was a, you know, in Times Square, sometimes people like battle dance. Yeah, so yeah, as yeah. they're playing yeah. on the side to the right to one of the stores, there's battle dancing going on. So it seemed like that was all part of the whole script. Wow. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. But, but to stay in that spot, right, bands play such a significant part of, like, just the culture of the school. Mm-hmm. And even like the relatability of the music. So when you said the bands, and we'll stay in this spot for a minute, mm-hmm. what were some of the songs that were? Because that because like that's a big deal. Right. Absolutely. And I remember being in school. If your band could play whatever hot song is out, mm-hmm. and they did it like really really good, mm-hmm. it gave you an edge. Like if you think of like a hot artist that's out right now, you think of Drake. If your band could play like one or two Drake songs and, and nail it. It's like it's it's like it's a it's a sense of like relatability. Mm-hmm. How good can you do it? That was like a very distinct difference because if let's say a a song that that's hot, Morehouse is working on that same song, mm-hmm. and Hampton, I'm sorry, Howard is working on that same song. Mm-hmm. They play it, we play it. Whatever school plays that song the best, so where the audience or crowd picks it up, like it gives you an edge. So it's a huge huge deal. Even at the pep rally today, mm-hmm. it opens up with the band. Before okay. anybody comes out, like when, before y'all got here, the mm-hmm. band comes out first. Okay. Like before anything kicks off, the band comes out. And then at the end of every game, like mm-hmm. our homecoming game, the band, they close it out. Okay. So we line up on the streets and the mm-hmm. band comes out. So it's a, it's, it's a very, very big deal. So, I mean, I wanted to uh, stay, stay in that space. One thing I wanted to focus on is the location of the conferences. Like how significant is that? Because those were two... Not southern schools. Okay. I mean, what well, were well, not northern schools? Right. Southern schools, but to me, the auth- authenticity of it is when you take those southern schools, but you put them in a the city, which kind of is like, um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, like why? Okay. I'm, I'm, so that the location of it, mm-hmm. because you think Morehouse, Georgia, right? Ton of HBCUs in Georgia, mm-hmm. and right. then you think. DC, you know, like, that. and once we start getting next to the Mason Dixon line, mm-hmm. we start getting further down south. Okay. So, that location, how did, were you a part of that choosing the location, or how does that work? I was part of choosing the, so I came with the idea of, yo, let's bring a HBCU football game to New York City, right? And one of the partners at the time um, had a relationship with, with Morehouse. Okay. So, he was like, you know what? You know, I can bring Morehouse through, right? right? Then he was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, this is New York. You got to do it big in New York. Like, okay. New York needs this right now, right? So originally, we, were, we reached out to JSU with Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. um, reached out to his AD. His AD was, like, thinking about it, and that's when Deion was really um, throwing out the positive measures of, like, you got to support HBCU. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, hard to reach him. Uh, then when they didn't get back to us at a certain time point, it was like, we either have a school within the next couple of days or the game's not going to happen. Okay. So I went online, and... I checked out Howard, and the week that they played wasn't on their schedule just yet, right? Because, you know, they roll out the schedule, like, around April, May. So yeah. the September 17th wasn't shown just yet. So I was like, yo, Howard's available. He's like, no, they got a game. I'm like, no, they're available. Well, he was right. They had a game. But when he called them, you know, they said, you know, it's a great opportunity. You know, let's call Morehouse to verify this is actually legitimate. Morehouse verifies legitimate. And they said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come through and do it. Okay. And so with it being New York, I thought about, it being the middle capital of the world. Um, that same week, 
um, the following week you had um, UN Week. So okay. in my mind, I'm like, this is a great platform for HBCUs to be on a different level when it comes to publicity, right? Because now everybody's going to be paying attention to them. And right before that, we had signed a deal with CNBC. So now with TV, with it being on CNBC with that platform, um, with the people um, coming in through in that week, checking out the game and staying in ahead of time for the UN Week, it just made sense okay. to bring All both right. schools in at, at that platform. Yeah. So from that perspective, it, it definitely makes sense. So yeah. not only was it a, a good business move, but it also was a move just for bringing that culture to the yeah. city. Because yeah. there aren't any HBCUs in the city. No. Yeah, not <laughs> at all. So that, that was that, that makes sense. None at all. All right, so future locations, is it like a tour? How does that work when you when you do the selection? Because it almost sounds like a like a, a, a Mayweather type thing. Okay, like, let me look at the calendar. No, mm -hmm. it's not. Let's go. So how does that work in the future? So the future, I'm looking at logistics, one, and two, the economics, how it's going to positively impact the schools, right? So I'm going to have to look at the travel from, like you just said, when I when I um, looked at the map of HBCUs, and I looked at this map in existence because Stephen A. had posted it on one of his first take shows, and I saw that along the southern region going to the northeast were all just HBCUs, nothing. <laughs> right. No, I'm saying it yeah, because yeah. he's on campus right now. Wow. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, he's on campus today, yeah. Right. So I, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, okay. So when it looks at logistics, everything will have to happen in the south, mm -hmm. right, going up toward the northeast corridor. So looking at location, I can do New York for the eastern most um, schools. And when it comes to the South, I kind of look at Florida, Georgia, maybe going toward Alabama, Mississippi as well, when it comes to that as well. So it is come whatever makes sense at the time, business-wise, and what's gonna support not just the athletics, but also the band. Because the band also needs to be supported because you touched on the point that they start the show and they end the show. Yeah. So the support to them has to go there as well too. Yeah, facts. Wow, so like, what are some of the challenges that you like expect to face when you're assembling? <laughs> I mean, you seem like you're on your A game, man, but... You uh, some of the challenges, number one, is going to be I'm not an HBCU grad. Got it. Right? Mm. So that alone wow. is like... Like, wow. I told I told this to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, real talk. I'm not an HBCU grad, right? And I told this to a sister who's a, um, she's part of the D9. I said, look, my my backdrop of me getting involved in HBCU is that I could have went to an HBCU school, but someone's ignorance told my mom, don't send them there because all they're going to do is teach me how to be black. Right, my mom is from the Caribbean, so to her, it's like I'm here, like I'm gonna trust the person that told me the situation, so I'm not gonna do this. So full circle, I was like, I've always felt like I was meant to do something along with the HBCU culture. So what lead? So when I spoke to the person, Dina, I said to me, HBCUs are like Wakanda. They're 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 very precious. Like you, it's a community where HBCUs. End of the day, like my shirt says, like they are the foundation of Black America, hands down. You take away the statistics show. Like the success of HBCUs and those who come out of school, what they do for the for the um, nation at, at a lot bigger scale. So for me, I'm I'm thinking in my head, um, the challenge would be like somebody saying, "Hey, because you didn't go to HBCU school, like you know, how can we like trust you?" But I'll say to that person, like, I'm not about you know going at you one on one. I'm on, I'm on about my community. My community is what needs to go through this HBCU system to be successful in life, right? A second thing would be for those who don't understand it. Um, educating myself more and more about the culture and letting them know what they're missing out on. Primarily, like I said, that 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 girl who turns to her mom and said, I never heard about this before. I think I want to go. That's an opportunity now for these schools to get even more money from somebody that never knew about them. Wow, that was a good answer, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that drives you more because of the, not like the credibility aspect of it, like do you feel like I got to do more because 
to validate, I didn't go to an HBCU, but I'm all about the work. Yeah. Like, what do you think? It does drive me more. And it also puts me on the platform of transparency. So yeah. it's more like, all right, Drew, if if we were to open up the doors for you to do what you need to do, like, will you be continue being transparent to what is going on um, throughout your journey so that we know how to either come into support or we can say, hey, we wouldn't do that. We either advise to do it this way okay. so that the brand itself is protected, is not tarnished at all. All right. So speaking of you not going to, what, what school did you go to since it was <laughs> not in HBCU? And mm-hmm. being that you're on campus today and you right. see this, and I'm quite sure you're going to go visit more mm-hmm. as you see that experience. Is there any type of like, damn, you know, like I wish, but but <laughs> I mean, I mean, like like that part. I mean, because you see how it is, yeah. and, and this this is a, a, a small scale. You have yeah. schools like um, that A and T Central, where homecomings are like are phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. do you sometimes wish that maybe I wish I would have, or oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I wish I would have. And sort of start with your question. I first went to Andrews University. That's all the way out in the boondocks in Bering Springs, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to what I'm missing out on, like when I when I came here at NSU, I saw just the energy, right? I, I saw, it's kind of like if we all were immortal, our ancestors being proud of the fact that we, they're keeping, HBCUs keep us to our roots, yeah. right? Mm. Hands down, right? And, and, I'm, and I've seen that at first hand. And to seeing how the students interact, you know, seeing those who graduated decades ago, I saw... You know, pretty young older lady walking out and wearing AKA and seeing how she was just proud just to walk out, even though she's hearing this hip hop music playing. <laughs> it's not, not affecting her. She's yeah. just enjoying the whole energy. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I had would have experienced four years of this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and we we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And like that's how we met. Okay. We met through a mutual friend that went to school. Me and him went to school. Me and James went to school completely different eras, completely yeah, yeah, different yeah. times. But we had a, a a mutual. Co- a mutual friend mm-hmm. that connected us. Yeah, okay. he's an illustrator. I'm a librarian. I was working on a children's book, and he was like, "Look, why don't y'all connect?" But when we walk through the crowd, it's like family, like people that you see from like years, like 19. I was in school, telling my age, like 1997, 95ish. So like these are people that you still see, and you look okay. forward to coming back every year, okay. just like, cause it's that one time out the year that we see each other mm-hmm. and you look forward to seeing that person. And during COVID, we lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that we won't see that won't be here. So it's just like that part of it too, but it is like family. You get used to seeing those people. Okay. So, I mean, that, that part is like really, really special and seeing teachers, professors, like counselors, yeah. you know, that really helped pave the way to make you graduate and getting right. in and out in a timely manner, like made that possible. So it right. is, it's a... I don't think I could have gone anywhere else. I don't think I would have thrived the way I did, like, honestly. Because I wasn't the sharpest pencil in the box. <laughs> like, not, not at all. I mean, like, I, I think I graduated high school with, like, a 1.9. Got it. So, got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, literally, 1.9, I graduated. And then, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a journey. But Norfolk State was one of the few schools that had an open-door policy. Okay. And a lot of HBCUs um, during that time, they had open-door policy. So open-door policy was meaning we'll let you in to mm-hmm. give you the opportunity to finish, but... If you get in here, we're gonna give you the rope, you know, to to not graduate. It'll, it'll be up to you. Okay. So uh, I got in, did what I had to do, and mm-hmm. and and it was like it was, I don't know, gave me such a a, a level of self confidence, like I can succeed at doing something. 
and I was around people that were experiencing the same thing, and we were here for like a common goal. So everybody had the same story. Okay, Dad might not have been there, single mom, brother, sister. So we all shared that same sentiment, but we knew what the end game was. Yeah, okay. We got to get in here. We got to finish. Absolutely. And, and it's like the crazy thing about it is we held each other accountable. Okay. And I think that if I would have gone to a, a, a PWI, predominantly white, uh, institution. I don't think I would have got that level of support. Okay. I know I, it, because I felt like it would have been. I just would have been a number. Okay. Okay. So I had women that like my counselors were like my mom away from home mm. to to make sure that I got it done. So you know, with that being said, I just I always want I wanted to ask like you know like that part of it. But you know, when you said a friend of the family said that, mm. and your so your mom made the decision for you. She did because she was she was paying she was paying the, the school fee. Okay. So where, okay. where the money's coming from, I can't say you know say no. Okay. It was like, all right, well, you know, I'll go check it out. And and once I got there, and this is a true story, a white woman came to me, and she wasn't even being racist. She said, this school is going to do nothing for you. Like, her and I had wow. a, a, a deep conversation, and she said, Drew, this school will offer you nothing. Like, the way you think and the way you're thinking far ahead, you're going to waste your time here. The best part that came out of that is that I met my, my wife there. That's the best, and I met my brothers there. Other than that, I learned nothing at that school. Yeah, those are wow. two life-changing Decisions Big time. though, like yeah, so that because <laughs> those are lifetime relationships, right? So you met ATN there, yeah, yeah. So you met ATN there, right? You met your wife there, right? They're still part of your life today, right? That's, that's very true. That's major. Yeah. That's very so, true. So that, so that's that's a, beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wow. That, yeah, that's enough. That so, is enough. Yeah, that's enough. That is enough. <laughs> okay, so I got I got a question for you. This is a little off topic, but you know, knowledgeable brother, and, mm-hmm. and you know, good at what you do. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Who exactly is Andrew Baker? <laughs> man, I'm still what makes you, man? I'm still learning who I am. I'm somebody that's focused. Uh, I would say mm. if, if my grandfather were alive today, I, I got this drive from my grandfather who I met one time when I was like eight years old. And he was an entrepreneur back in Jamaica. Um, and the, what he did for his community, built shops for them, um, had land on his own. I was very about the community, very focused. My mom's the same way. I think piece of them is who I am. I'm somebody that's the continuation of, of the legacy. Mm. Um, that is making sure that the work still continues today, getting involved in our community, see what needs to be done in our community, not just sitting down writing, you know, like goals and whatnot, but executing those goals. Yeah. Um, putting myself out there. I'm not, I'm not afraid to fail at all. Um, that's good. Um, it's more like me more learning mm. and applying that knowledge, right? Listening more than just talking, right? Because, I, and like I said, by me, Doing that um, allows me to be successful thus far. Um, yeah. All because of God, number one, um, where I'm at today in life. Uh, so that's 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 who wow. I that's who I am. If my wife was here, she would say, "You better make sure I mention me too." <laughs> so, <laughs> so my wife and my two gotta, boys, gotta my two younger her. ones, are 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 part of who I am too. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. That's nice. So speaking of the family, wow. the, the family aspect, real quick. So I heard you say Jamaica. Yeah. So. Um, did your family migrate, or was it just you were sent from Jamaica to? My family, I was I'm first generation American. Okay. My mom, my dad, my sister were all born in Jamaica. They came here, and then I was the first one born here in America. So can I take a stab at it? I just mm-hmm. this is I, so I'm being super. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say I, I don't even want to say bias <laughs> is the word, but so <laughs> when you left, you went to New York, right? When when you came when your family came from Jamaica, did they go to New York? They went yeah, they were, they went straight to New York. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm on point with that. Mm-hmm. Can I guess what borough? Go ahead. Brooklyn? 
Queens. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, it's the it's, it's majority a lot of, I know, like, uh, Caribbean, they, mm. and they just, Brooklyn is one of the, the first out yeah. here. So, okay. Okay. That's good. So, mm. two boys. Two boys. When it's time for them to go to college, mm. what are the suggestions going to be? Oh, it's going to be whatever. So, my wife and I had this talk. We said they want to go to college. It's going to be up to them. But one of the things we're going to foundation that you have to go to HBCU school. The support I got, like if if people were to see the support I got from HBCUs just in general from mm-hmm. day one, that's why I'm doing this to, to, to today, it's been phenomenal. And, and these are the things that drive me. It's like, wow. They could have said like, no, well, you're not part of us. Like They could have been like, you know, you're on your own. But it's more like, what can we do to help? Yeah. That was yeah. the main question. What can we do to help? Where can we go to guide you? Right? Who can we connect you with? Right? Yeah. This, is, this is our culture, Drew. We want to be a part of this, and I was receptive to that. Um, so it, it depends on where the, the kids want to go. Yeah. So with that being said, right, mm-hmm. and you said you got to support people accept you. So mm-hmm. today, you definitely got the support of HBCU Creative. Absolutely. So, right. um, so, so that that's without a, a shadow of a doubt. Um, 360 Wise, we definitely want to give them a shout out. Definitely. Uh, epic. HBCU, HBCU. Epic. Epic collective. collective. Got to give them a. Got to give them a shout out. Right. Shout day out ones. to them. Yeah. Day ones. Yeah. Yeah. Day yeah. ones. So so it is, it's now it's like it's like a like a family situation. Um, and I and I think this was good to have the sit down and have the conversation the the conversation to have the talk so people can know who you are what the goal is. Right. Um, and and explain it from your words and, yeah. and not come from uh, anybody else. I, it was very very important. You yeah. know. Um, is there anything else you think that, um. You want to bring up and talk about it. You think may may have been missed, even though we're not finished. But something that you think, like, okay, right now, I need to tackle this. And, and um, I would say, like, put an emphasis on starting earlier than just high school with recruiting kids for HBCU school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been talking with a, a health expert from one of the HBCU schools, and he he had said to me, Drew, everything starts from kindergarten, just the way. They're, they're, they're taught the way they're programmed. So they don't really know about our culture until high school, right? And the prime example is a lady I spoke to when I taught I was bringing the game to New York was her son was in high school and had no idea about HBCUs existed until Morehouse came with their glee club. And that was his first time seeing young men in suits and ties and can sing. That was wow. his first exposure to that. So he missed so many years of that, right, because there was nothing – Letting him know that these are in existence. Yeah. So one inf- thing I want to touch point on is instead of starting at high school, like touching these kids from earlier, from when they when they're born, right? I know I know for those who did attend HBCUs, like they let their kids know that. But for those who didn't get opportunity to learn about HBCUs, those are the people that are missing out the opportunity to actually experience this firsthand. Yeah, I agree. Like I I was lucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I. A different world was just good for me. Okay. Because I, I I just love the show. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I had an older sister that, you know, mm-hmm. since she went to, uh, she had gone to FAMU, but then transferred to Howard. But I just remember like going, and I was young. I was like seven. Okay. But I remember going, I would just see all the people there and mm-hmm. the campus and just all the young black yeah. people. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. So it was instilled in me then. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, like the high school that I went to was an art school. Okay. So I, I almost veered off mm-hmm. and did the um, like art institutes for college. Okay. But I'm so thankful I didn't do it. Right. Because I just would have been miserable. 
you know, so, um, and I came here, mm -hmm. and like he was saying earlier, like the lifelong friendship, like like me and my friends, we would were family. We would okay. stay in this place called the 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 um the lab. Okay. Basically, a computer lab. Okay. But the professor would just give us the key, like you stay till twelve. Well, he said you could stay till twelve o'clock and mm -hmm. blah 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 mm -hmm. or one a.m. And we would just vibe out. Mm -hmm. Somebody draw, mm -hmm. somebody do graphic design, somebody would be doing their photography stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. And that's one thing I'll touch on. Like, you just touched on the difference between going to HBCU school and a PWI for those myself who went. Like, if we were to go to, let's say, a lab just to do extra homework, it would be like, no, lights out at 11 p.m. You guys got to get out. Ooh. Right? But if you go to, like, the closest thing within the seven-day events community for HBCUs over university, which is in... Alabama mm -hmm. and the way they told us was that the every staff member is very supportive of the kids like they you have to succeed there's yeah. no failure no room for failure right so that's that's I like that you touched upon that yeah man it's beautiful yeah. I miss it honestly even as an adult like I just I miss like I miss that okay. the camaraderie and just just we motivated the heck out of each other <laughs> yeah so. when, I, when I touched down here um like Wes asked me, yo, how do you feel? And my boy asked, how do you feel? I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm a family. This is my first time mm. here on this campus. And the first thing I felt was, yeah, I'm among my family. I haven't met anybody yet, but just the energy, the vibe going on. Yeah. I'm hearing music from afar, but just seeing all the young ladies walking now, all the young men walking, just talking. I'm like, I'm amongst family, man. It's yeah. That's deep. So so without further ado, what I want to do, I want to walk around campus for a little bit. Okay. Um, so I want to walk around campus for a little bit. One last question before we actually walk around, and and I can show you some of the the, the buildings. Mm -hmm. So this is so before we walk, the, the build this campus has changed. Okay. Like so, a lot of these buildings are new, it, and it all it didn't always look like this. Okay. So some of the, our buildings were old, but um, as we walk around and I and I'll show you like this building was torn down. They you know we we um, restructured this building. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, what are like uh, long term goals? Maintaining what I started and sustainability. As long as I can sustain what's going on from the beginning, um, there'll be no issues, no no leaks, no no here today, gone tomorrow, but it's sustained throughout. It's like a legacy that's being left, right? So it's like a like a song that never ends. Mm. So sustainability will be the key for me okay. when it comes to everything. All right. 